everyone. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Billy. And this is Not Just Sundays, the podcast that takes us from going to church to being the church. Each episode, we'll look at how to take the words of Scripture from the page to the page. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Not Just Sundays podcast is brought to you in partnership with the Ministry League Network. To hear other podcasts like this, as well as a ton of other resources, download the Ministry League app or go to ministryleague.com. Being a Christian is an everyday thing, not just Sundays. All right, welcome back to the Not Just Sundays podcast, uh, here with Jeremy and Billy. All right, yeah, I'm yeah. glad we know who we are. Yeah, that's yeah. what the nameplate says on yeah, the, that's on right. the intro. Yeah. So. What, that? Oh, that's up here. No, wait, no, no. Oh, down, down here. here. It's, it's right here. Okay, right that's post-editing. Post yeah. It's right. just like deja vu, isn't it? <laughs> it kind of is. It's weird. <laughs> back in the earth tones, uh, I see. Yeah, brown was just a little bit out of my comfort zone, so yeah. I figured back to gray, and I see that you're <laughs> back, back to our, your favorite blue. color of blue. Yes, which yeah. is not really my favorite color, but it's like the yeah. only color I own. You know, it's just... We record like every two weeks or so, you know, yeah, and so yeah. it's like almost like that's all my clothes. Like, <laughs> so I actually go and label my clothes. Um, so I'll yeah. take episode one, episode yeah. two. Yeah, I don't so do I know that. not to. Re- yeah, repeat. sometimes yeah. I'll go back and look and be like, what was I wearing? So I, you know, yeah. I just hope sometimes we'll record different things at different times. Yeah. I, just, I just hope the, the, it's a challenge. the outfits match. <laughs> so now that can be something that you all track in the episodes if you want <laughs> there to. You go. Our outfits. Tracking that, yeah. Um, but no, we're really excited about, you know, what we've already done this season. Yeah. We've talked a lot about our spiritual health. Right. Uh, and we're really excited about what we have coming up for the next four episodes on our mental health. Yes. Uh, so, Jeremy, how about you talk about what we're doing for the next two episodes in the month of April? Right. So in April, we're getting ready for uh, May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month. Right. And we thought it would be really good to talk to some experts in the field of mental health for mm-hmm. the next two months. So in April, we're going to be having a discussion, a two-part podcast discussion with Dr. Ryan Fraser. Mm-hmm. And he is going to share with us information about... Christians Responding to Depression and Anxiety, and uh, he's written a book, uh, Overcoming the Blues. It's yeah. a wonderful, wonderful book. You're going to hear a lot of things that we mentioned from this book, but we just we couldn't talk about all the good things in it. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to have to buy the have book, to and uh, there is a second edition, which is the one that you need to buy, but you're going to buy the book, read it, and it's just, it is amazing. Yeah. But he's, he's going to help us to figure out, you know, as Christians, how do we, how do we help ourselves and how do we help other people who are struggling with with the blues, yes. so to speak, right? And yes. the pandemic's really, really brought this to the forefront. So we wanted to do that in April. That's going to be a two-part interview. And yeah. then what are we doing in May? Yeah, really excited about both because we're having more guests on the show. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have Dr. Nathan West and Chris LaFever yeah. uh, are both going to come on and talk about mental health also, yeah. but specifically centered on uh, the Christian and suicide. Yeah. Uh, and so a lot of misconceptions with suicide yes. and, and what goes with that and how Christians can respond. And so we're really excited about some of the guests we're having on, but yes. we have Dr. Ryan Fraser right now. So yeah. let's go ahead and let's not wait any longer. Let's let's That's get right. to it. Okay, let's let's get into the interview. All right. So joining us now we have uh, Dr. Fraser, who is the author of Overcoming the Blues: Finding Christ-Centered Hope and Joy Through Serving Others. And glad that you're with us, uh, Dr. Fraser. Tell us a little bit about you and a little bit about this book, just in general. Hey, first off, Jeremy. Billy, it's awesome to be with you guys. I uh, think the world of both of you, I know that the, the church in West End is blessed to have you guys uh, working there. Um, I, I'm Ryan Fraser. I was, uh, you pick up a little brogue, it kind of comes and goes, but I was raised in South Africa, um, been in the States though for the majority of my, all of my adult life, I've been uh, married to my 
Frida Hardeman College sweetheart, Missy, for uh, 33 years and um, been in ministry about, uh, took a few years off in the middle, but uh, about 27 years in, in ministry, youth ministry, pulpit ministry. Um, I'm an elder at the Bethel Springs uh, Church, also the pulpit minister there. Um, got two uh, grown children. By grown, I mean they're out of the house. Uh, one of them, <laughs> my daughter Olivia, is married. Yep. Uh, married a couple of years. And son Austin, he's 20 years old, lives up in Columbus, Ohio. And I've been teaching at Frieda Hardeman just finishing out my 15th year. And so for the first, um, roughly for the first 13 years, I was, uh, I taught primarily clinical mental health counseling. I mean, the master's program here, um, a couple of years ago, moved over to the Bible department and I head up, uh, I direct the um, pastoral care and counseling masters and also the undergrad youth and family ministry uh, program. Um, I'm a licensed clinical pastoral therapist, proof supervisor in the state of Tennessee, and um, have a small private counseling practice. But um, that's probably way too much about me. But uh, <laughs> fun. I like to cook out and grill. And um, so, what's your favorite color? <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to talk about colors a little bit. Yeah, actually, book. yeah. So we're going to get into that a little bit yeah, here in a minute. That's part of why I talk about blue. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, tell us just kind of, let, let me ask you this question. Why did you write this book? Mm. I wrote the book um, because there was just such a, a big need for the book. And um, th- there's quite a few books written on depression out there. Um, some from a some from a, you know, kind of a Christian perspective, others from a, um, more so from just a psychological or psychiatric type of perspective. And I just wanted to, I, I thought people in the pews, <laughs> believers needed a book that was practical, that was Christ-centered, that was biblically based, but also psychologically sound. And um, so so there was that aspect. Another driving force just in my clinical practice, I've worked with so many wonderful Christian people over the years that just battled with depression and anxiety. And I wanted to give a message of hope and, and empowerment. And then behind all of this, you know, if you've read the book or do, you'll see that it's very, it's more than just a, a clinical um, uh, exercise for me. It's, it's very personal. It's close to my own family. My wife uh, for a number of years has battled with clinical depression. Um, I've dealt with some anxiety myself. And so I, I thought um, I, could, I could give something at a, at a popular level that people would connect with. And my wife, Missy, she's awesome. She's actually a school counselor. She said that, she said, Ryan, if just, you know, if, if just one person reads this book and is, um, it keeps them from taking their life, uh, it is worth it. Yeah. Um, you know, so 
we've we've really been committed to um, getting the message out and um, just putting something in people's hands that's that's practical and and um, God honoring and and hope hope instilling. Right. You've done a great job of that, and especially I'll, I'll bring this out a little bit later in our interview. The personal connection over and over and over again, and all in so many different scenarios in your own life where you have seen the value of just being real, just mm-hmm. understanding that this is part of life, but that we can help each other through that. So I, we'll talk more, more about that in just a minute. Let me ask you this, though, especially because, you know, we're we're kind of hopefully coming out of <laughs> yeah. this pandemic, you know, finally. Yeah, yeah. Um, but from your, your observation, before we really get into the book, um, what effect has the, the pandemic had on people's mental health? And then how can how could your book, you think, help people to help others or help themselves uh, with some of the mental health struggles that have perhaps surfaced, you know, that maybe were there, but have really started to surface or have um, escalated in their lives. What, what are some, what are some things you've seen as a, a professional? And then what are some ways this book can help people just on a kind of a basic level before we get deep into the book? Yes. Um, the pandemic, um, well, interestingly, and just the timing on things, um, my book, the first rendition of it came out in November of, of 19. And the second edition has come out in 2020. But um, I was just, I had just gotten off the road doing, you know, uh, traveling to lots of cities and speaking and different churches, different organizations um, on depression and anxiety. And um, literally the week before Frida Hardeman shut down, I was uh, in Murfreesboro at the Woman of Hope weekend um, that's connected with um, Helping Hands International. And great weekend. I was speaking about Christian women and depression. Creve Hall that weekend as well. And then, boom, <laughs> um, things just hit with a vengeance and uh, with the pandemic shutting down the world really for shutting down you the US and um, that also certainly it, it impacted I mean there for a while I was unable to see clients in person and so any therapy I was doing was telemedicine or telehealth um, yeah. work and it has its place I, I still do some of it it's certainly not preferred <laughs> No, uh, wait, no, definitely not <laughs> at all, but uh, I did it. But I, I, I saw that uh, with the pandemic, it, it exacerbated people's anxiety. The stress level just went up, mm-hmm. depression went up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so any, any um, issue that was there was just magnified through, <laughs> through the pandemic. And part of that is just, um, I, even an in, increased level of isolation with masks and you can't, you know, see people's faces. You can't see their smiles. Um, there, there's a neurological effect or neurochemistry effect by seeing people's smiles. It releases dopamine and serotonin, you know, so mm-hmm. right, got some right. just real issues there. And, um, and just, you know, this fear about, what what this this unknown future is going to look like? So, it it was really interesting um, 
back a few months ago was in, in Springfield, Missouri, uh, you know, in the middle of the pandemic doing one of these workshops. And um, it was just really interesting hearing people's perspectives of just how the pandemic had impacted them. And, and um, for example, some folks whose, whose family members have passed away and there's still some of that going on now, but passed away in the middle of it, they had not been able to be, go to the hospital, mm. the funerals, you know, just were mourning, public mourning was kind of yeah. interrupted. So man, it's, it's been, it has been brutal. It's been brutal. And uh, I do see, you know, I think we're turning the tide and things are, are getting better, but uh, the book, itself, you know, was not written with that in mind at all, but the application was still there on connection, on, on finding ways to be present to people, finding ways to work through your own depression so that you can be a, a blue servant and uh, not in spite of depression, but because of the suffering and the pain that, that you might be going through to um, pass on the, the comfort that you've received from from the Lord, as Second Corinthians one, three through five talks about. So, um, I, I I think the book is just it's still practical, it's relevant, and that it it connects with people where they are, no matter what flavor of depression or anxiety they're dealing with, particularly if they're a believer, uh, giving them that that sense that hey, I'm not alone. I've got a God that's bigger than the suffering. And I've got a God that loves me and still has a purpose for me. Um, even in the midst of my, my suffering, God is going to work through it for his glory, for his, his good, and for my spiritual good, ultimately. Yeah, and, and on the back of the book here, you actually say, you know, the very first thing on the back is nobody is immune to depression, not even the most faithful and dedicated Christians. And that makes me want to ask this question here, you know, from, from the first couple pages of your book, you know, it's clear that you challenge your readers to consider depression from a different perspective. Um, in chapter two, you title it the positives of depression. And that's kind of odd um, to think about the positives of depression, but as a faith-based clinical counselor, can you kind of share with us a little bit you know, without just recounting the entire chapter, but can you share with us a little bit uh, what it looks like uh, to have some positives um, of depression? Yeah. Um, a lot of times Christians misconstrue what the abundant life from John 10, 10 looks like and um, think, well, this is this abundant life, a life of joy is a life um, devoid of, suffering or of mental health struggles. And that's just not true. Um, you, from cover to cover of, of the Bible, we see men and women of faith that struggled intensely from a physical perspective, a spiritual and psychological um, avenue, even, I mean, David, Elijah, Hannah, Sarah, Abraham, um, Apostle Paul, <laughs> That, that suffered. And so I, I think um, as we just think about suffering and creating or recreating a, a theology of suffering that 
connects to the actual biblical narrative of God's purpose in suffering mm. through that process of refinement that we go through. And so viewing, viewing the suffering, especially connected to men, mental health suffering, that's very real. Um, some of the, in the chapter, I, I give just five little bullet points. I'll just, yeah. at the, right at the end of the chapter, it says, basically, you can become a better problem solver through working through your own mental health issues. Second, you can become better at coping with life in general. You're going to learn some coping skills um, because if you don't, you will be done. I mean, you, you've got to, you got to work through that and develop that, that strength in the Lord, right? Third, you cultivate better relationships by learning to prioritize what's most important. So figuring out um, what really is important in our human relationships, in our relationship with God, becomes a lot more authentic and um, a lot more meaningful. Four, you can become more caring and compassionate. So the most caring and compassionate people I know and some of the best counselors and ministers I know are men and women, uh, whether they're uh, an elder's wife or a, a, a therapist or, you know, you name it. They are people that have suffered a lot themselves. Mm -hmm. And so they speak from firsthand experience and can share that. I mean, they just can really empathize and sympathize with, with those that are suffering, just like our great high priest Jesus can sympathize with us uh, because he has gone through everything that we go through. And then um, number five, you can become more realistic about matters of control. And so your expectations become a lot more realistic uh, for yourself and for others when you are somebody that is in the throes of depression and you're thinking, wow, you know, I had some pretty unrealistic expectations of what I can do, my own limitations, my own finitude, yeah. and maybe what I expect of, of other people. So yeah. those are some, are some real positives, ironically, through, you know, yeah. going through this type of, of suffering. Very true. You know, something else, you, you uh, touched on this, the idea of, and this is a big chapter in your book, Ministry of Presence, mm -hmm. and just simply being there for people. And you revisit that over and over and over again in the book. Part of that is you reveal very early on because of people being there for you, you know, whenever you had your personal experience. And then later on, you know, when Missy is going through her situation with the kidney disease and then uh, with your son uh, mm -hmm. and leukemia and just, you know, BJ coming into the room and just being there. Right. I mean, just, there's so many, you open yourself up big time in this book to just say, look, I have been there, done that. And let me share with you what it's meant to me. And so this idea of ministry of presence, I guess the some of the, sometimes the struggle we sometimes have in the church, I guess one of the struggles we have of being present for people is that people don't feel like they can open up and be real about their struggles. You mentioned this you know, just a few seconds ago. Um, depression is real, and it's seen even in people of great faith in the Bible. So we shouldn't expect that we're going to be immune to that. But there's one quote in here. It says, Chris, you have this uh, on page 54. Christian people suffer in silence because they don't feel safe opening up to anyone about their problems for fear of being judged. You know, how, do we, how can we help people with that? 
um, by you know trying to be present in their lives and allowing them to to open up that way. What are, what are some ways that we can be more present to allow people to have that the courage, I guess, or to at least feel they can they can be vulnerable with us? Hmm. Awesome question, Jeremy. Part of and empowering other individuals to be vulnerable, to open up. We've got to lead with mm. that. Mm. We've got to be vulnerable. It's unfair to expect somebody else to open up and share their deepest, darkest suffering and secrets if we are clammed up out of pride or out of fear, you know, and um, in the sin area of things, I think about uh, James chapter five, it talks about confession, you know, confessing to one another our weaknesses, because in, in the confession, there's healing, there's healing in that, that very process, psycho-spiritual healing that takes place. And so, if whether you're a leader in the church or just a, an individual that that cares about others, if you can appropriately self-disclose, you know, when we're, when we're there for people, don't make it about you. It's, it's about them. We're there to help them. But if we can share some things from our own story and say, look, you know, man, I, I, I you know, I can't imagine exactly what you're going through, but I might be able to connect a little bit to, to what you're in, going through because of my own, my own experience and here's just a little bit about my my story um and that there's so much power in that 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 authenticity and that that vulnerability to open up and that that provides a safe environment where it evens the playing field because in the church unfortunately we often hide behind this facade of having it all together Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yes, we do. <laughs> and, and we don't everybody's have it all argue, together. Yeah, everybody's arguing in the car on the way, and you pull in the parking lot, and everybody's still arguing. <laughs> then you walk through the front door. Well, hello there, mm-hmm. Brother Smith. Right? Yeah, we're all smiles and handshakes. <laughs> yes, yeah. So um, pretending, you know, pretending that 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 we are um, that we've got it all figured out. That's so counter to what. The Apostle Paul says in Second Corinthians 12, verse 9 and 10, he talks about you know, how my strength is made perfect in weakness. Mm-hmm. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. He's talking about his own recognition of his vulnerability, but then also in his self-disclosure. And Paul is very open. He talks about his thorn in the flesh. And, mm-hmm. you know, he opens up that he's a real person with, real struggles just like anyone else sometimes he even loathed himself you know the thing he wanted to do he didn't do and that which he right right did do you know did do he didn't want to do and you know so he opens up about that and that helps us relate to him as a a person not just as a saint right so um in the church if we can model an environment that is vulnerable that's uh, safe in that, you know, we're not, we're not here because we've got it all together. We're in the church because we don't have it all together. We need to be encouraging each other all the more as we see the day approaching as Hebrews talks about. We need that encouragement. We need that connection 
that community that is <clears throat> based not on our strength, but on, on the strength that we find um, in the Lord. Because when we're weak, then we're strong because we, we're leaning on, on him, not on ourselves. Yeah, I, I like what you you mentioned later in the book, this idea of the acronym of friends, you know, we, and Jesus called the apostles friends and yeah. in the church, we would hope that we have friends, but I love your acronym. He says, true friends are forever, right? True friendship keeps it real. Uh, they are gen genuinely interested in us. And these are all just kind of practical tips to help people say, well, how, how can we invest in each other to allow people to feel like that they can be vulnerable with us, right? And they're uh, legitimate friends are empathetic. Good friends are near, and true friends are dedicated. I love it. Just that simple little, you know, acronym that you have in your book says, "Hey, this." Like you said, this will allow people to feel like they can trust, to open up. And I, I mentioned this in a sermon recently. I think sounds like that's a sermon. It is. Up. Amen. I definitely will be using that. By the way, I'll give you credit for it. Um, but you know, in in the church, I preached on this recently. I think a healthy congregation is one where people can not only respond, you know, to ask for forgiveness of sins or to become a Christian, to be baptized for the remission of their sins, but also to just say, I need my church family to pray for me. Yeah. I am struggling. It's not sin. Yeah. I'm just struggling. Yeah. I am hurting. And just to be vulnerable to a higher group of people that way. And I'm seeing that change. Um, and I talked about that in the, the yeah. sermon recently, but this is about your book. So this is a great place for us to kind of pause and um, and just kind of reflect for just a few seconds here about um, the wonderful things that Ryan has has uh, brought to our attention today and and get you excited about what we're going to talk about yep. in two weeks. We're going to finish this interview with Dr. Fraser and we're going to really get more so into uh, some of the spiritual aspects of of that struggle with depression and anxiety in Christians. And so Right. And so if you haven't already thought about doing so, go ahead and purchase this book. Yes. That yeah. way maybe in two weeks when we finish this conversation, uh, you could be looking through that book while we're talking about it with Dr. Ryan Fraser. Yeah, very much so. And remember you can always uh, email questions to us if you have any questions at uh, not just Sundays Podcast at gmail dot com. And we're looking forward to, like I said, in two weeks for yeah. the second half of this interview. And Dr. Fraser is so fun yeah. to talk to. Yeah, he has is. so much knowledge. Yes. And so we really hope you enjoyed it today. And we hope you'll join us again for our next episode while we have Dr. Fraser back again. Yeah, sounds good. So in the meantime, God bless and Lord willing, we'll see you sometime soon. Thanks for joining us today. And remember, if you're watching us on Facebook or Instagram, please like, share, and comment so we can spread the word. Big thanks to the Ministry League for their partnership. Make sure to download the Ministry League app or go to the website, ministryleague.com, to access lots of great resources, including other podcasts just like this one. The Not Just Sundays podcast is produced here in Knoxville, Tennessee at the West End Church of Christ Studios. Music is by Jazzer. Take me higher. Have a great week. You can reach us at notjustsundayspodcast at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or smart remarks. Remember, being a Christian is an everyday thing, not just Sundays.